Welcome, welcome. Welcome to, to the, the party. Sides, to the plus the sides, sides party. <laughs> this is the scrappiest and ridiculous podcast. <laughs> and you have caught us on a very scrappy day. <laughs> Are you fishing? Let me take a sip of my water from the plus oh sides. <laughs> Your plus Get you sides one. Water. It's amazing. Thank you it's in our so link trees. much, Kat, for the plug of the merch store. <laughs> This episode is called Benefits Who? Because we are going to be talking about benefits. <laughs> I don't know why I'm brushing my teeth. I don't either. <laughs> if you are the first, first the time you've come okay. here to the podcast, <laughs> usually we have our other co-host, Jernine, with us. But she's having technical difficulties and isn't able to join today. Sad face. Super we will miss her very, face. very much. Yes. So, But we do have a very good show planned. So if you are coming to this for the first time ever. This podcast was born out of a TikTok community and uh, basically made up of people that suffer from many, many different diseases and disorders um, that are able to be treated by GLP-1 medications. And it has changed our lives in so many different ways. Uh, my name is Kim Carlos. I have lost 63 pounds uh, leveraging GLP-1 medications. I uh, suffer from a binging disorder. Uh, I say suffer, but I don't have it anymore because the medicine has completely stop that. Um, I have had obesity since I was, as long as I can remember, I was always very large. Um, and I have had an eating disorder, binge eating disorder since the, I'm repeating myself since the age of eight. And that's kind of what my story is. And Kat is my good friend um, that even though we are on TikTok, uh, we didn't know that each one of us was taking the other. We kind of bumped into each other. Um, yeah. And uh, we do this. And then our friend Jernine, we met in TikTok as well. And she, um, just so you guys know, she is all, usually on the show. She um, has obesity. She has Sjogren's. And she also suffers from type 2 diabetes. And she takes Manjaro. So um, that's, I wanted to give her a little intro just so you know when you see her, right. who she is and what she's about. Please join when you can. Um, but today we're going to talk about, yeah, she is. She is our super sleuth. Um, today we're going to talk about benefits. We're going to have on a community guest. The way the podcast usually goes is usually goes today banana. Today's bananas. Usually we what have a community it? guest who tells their story. Um, unfiltered and uncut because we wanted everybody to have a space to be able to do that as opposed to the media who has taken it and been able to spin things to fit their own agenda, you know, and we don't do that here. Our agenda is talk to your doctor. You're not alone. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Yay. <laughs> okay. We're all That's here. All we here. Yes. This community is so, fantastic. Yeah, it is. And we're going to talk about some serious stuff today and some mm -hmm. stuff we need to know, especially around benefits, because it is a game that I think has a lot of rules and most of us don't know what they are. So how can we advocate for ourselves? So we're going to figure out what that is today. And we have a very special guest and uh, two very special guests. So our first one is our community guest. And then our other one is a benefit specialist, as I mentioned, that's going to talk to us more about this. So thanks for your patience today with our scrappy, scrappy selves. We really appreciate it. And um, Kat, just for our audience, do you okay. want them to know a little bit about you in case they haven't sure. met you before? I, I'm I believe, South what of France, Kat. South of France, Kat. Like every week, I, like you said, I, I, I make up a different name. Rosie called me South of France when I, I dropped off of the That's podcast right. last week. When I was in Nice. Oh. You were in Nice, France. She said, I, oh, it's a hard knock life for you. I know. <laughs> hard knock life. <laughs> Having a brie omelet. Very, very, very tough life. It was a gorgeous uh, vacation. I do have to say that I only – and I. I only gained like two to three pounds when I was in France. That Mediterranean 
like Lebanese, chickpeas, vegetable, olive oil diet really is fantastic, even coupled with all of the wine that I did consume. So I'm Probably still water. Like 60 you just got that. right. Exactly. Sure water. And exactly. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> I am so, I'm so amazed with myself. Like I just yeah. was in, you know, in, in the moment, you know? Yeah. And just, you know, for everybody who doesn't, has not listened or sh- sh- seen before, I am slightly Prince obsessed. And slightly. Slightly. just a little, just a little bit. Which way am I pointing out? Um, but here's my ATL in. He does have all of my Prince groupies stuff on him. And also uh, Under the Cherry Moon. Yes, when I was in Nice, I made sure I did go to the places where Under the Cherry Moon was filmed. And rats, Mary Sharon's house was um, closed for fire prevention. Maintenance. What but, does that even mean? <laughs> that's okay. You know, I went to the gate. I took a picture Only of myself with. I know in Nice, France, on the coast. It is in Antibes, France. You know, it's, oh it's yeah. You know, but on the water. But um, so it doesn't. I saw all the well, yeah, all the Prince things that I could under the chair from under the cherry moon. But we weren't just yeah. we weren't there for that. We went there for <laughs> a fantastic vacation, and it was it was gorgeous. Well, I only gained two pounds. I saw but, lots of videos, butt stuff. Videos. Oh yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna oh yeah. Stuff. Yep, yeah. and I do butt stuff. <laughs> Not what you think. So that you don't get manjaro. Yeah, butt. <laughs> no, you'll get manjaro butt. So yeah, like I love fitness. I love to work out. Yeah, I've had binge eating disorder. Um, I'm not going to, maybe one day I'll get really deep, but not, not today. Um, We can also look at what side, what, what episode it's episode three. They want to know more detailed about your story too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but always been into fitness, but I really would like to like not be as um, obese as I had been. And I always thought it was my fault too. So, and my doctors did as well. Like, you know, yeah. You know, some have been straight up a-holes to me. But yeah. um, this one I found was great, and she listens to me, and I feel seen, and I'm on Monjero That's now. Great. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. And lots of things changing today, so we'll talk more about that yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, Let's indeed. invite in our community guest. <laughs> hey, Catherine. Hello. Hey. How are you? Fancy you meeting you here again. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Yeah. It's hump day. I like sorry. No, it is. I don't know. Today is bananas. <laughs> well, on this day when we recorded, it's hump day. Okay. Yes. This is my other favorite, Catherine. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> Double Catherine squared, if you will. <laughs> different, differently, different. I love it. I like that. <laughs> like it. Catherine squared. squared. <laughs> Catherine I squared. It. I love it. K squared too, because it's spelled with the cap K, right? K yeah. Squared. Mm-hmm. This is our very scrappy podcast, and we are very glad to have you. Um, As I mentioned in the beginning, we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to tell your story, share your testimonial, because Mm -hmm. someone else out there is going to hear you and going to go, that sounds like me. And they're going to go to their doctor and they're going to get help. It happens Mm -hmm. every time. I get a message every single episode that someone was like, that sounds like me. I'm talking about it's huge. This is very impactful. These are very important conversations to have. And we would love for you to take the space. And tell mm-hmm. it unfiltered and uncut. Well, so thank cool. you. Thank you. And while I've said the space is as foundational as the medication that we're taking, and I've watched every episode, and every time I'm like, yeah, that's me. Right. I'm not so alone, and I'm not broken, and I'm not weird. Like, it's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Community is so important. Just, 
I'm We're thankful for all of it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, my story's not so different than others. I've been larger my entire life. Um, I grew up in a family where I was the largest, and I always remember that. Um, my mother put me on every diet known to man from, I think, age six. Um, my earliest memories are of everyone else making their plate at the table and my mom making mine in the kitchen. So, like, this this othering happened really early in my life. Um, I've tried every diet, um, and it reinforced this otherness for me. Um, I'm also the only brown one in my family, so they're just othering everywhere. Um, in my 20s, um, I prided myself in being the most disciplined at working out and learning about macros and um, really reinforcing all of these habits and behaviors that I learned through Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and, you know, fill in the blank of what diet. Um, fast forward to last October, um, a dietitian I know who's a dear friend um, mentioned that she was on this journey and a doctor she's connected to said, um, obesity is a chronic illness and it's not your fault. And it, it shifted the axis of my world fully shifted the access. Um, since then, I've lost 80 pounds. Um, my A1C has gone down 0.9 points. Um, my cholesterol is normal. Um, I never thought I'd be a size 16. It's been sophomore year. Like, it's why I look myself in the mirror, even in, you know, this podcast. I'm like, who is that girl? Like, and I'm really proud of not like just not shrinking, but like the, like, the advocating for myself and the, yeah. the integrity of saying, I'm not going to take no for an answer. The integrity of I'm going to do the next thing that uh, feels good. And that is good for me. That is a new behavior for me. Um, yeah. Um, it did all the things. It quieted the noise almost instantly. Um, it taught me about hunger and fullness that, I've never experienced, like I could eat the perfect meal and have an unending hunger, yeah. like yes. a, a famished to the edge of the earth. I, I think about food from the first and last thought. And so it quieted all of that. Um, and it also allowed me to really implement habits that I knew were good that I just couldn't get. And because I wasn't disciplined enough or I wasn't this and like, it really wasn't me. And it's allowed me this freedom to also enjoy treats without guilt or shame. Like it's really shifted how I saw myself in the world and how, um, like how I move in the world. Um, And then it's created friendships that I never thought possible. Um, It really has. Girl, like we've had conversations that have gone deep. deep, Yeah. Yeah. Um, That is valuable to me. Um, and it's taught me a new way of um, of advocating for myself in a way that I didn't think was possible with my employer, yeah. uh, with my doctor. Um, I, I see a telehealth, but also my primary care as also duly board certified. And so she gets it. And I no longer have this white knuckle fear of like everything being reduced to my weight. Because whether, you know, I broke my arm or I had a migraine or I had allergies, everything was because I was obese. And we never actually addressed the real underlying causes of things. And mm-hmm. my world has changed because yeah. of education. And so when you asked me to be on here, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 
if my story can help one person of like, don't take no for an answer. If you yeah. feel something is off, your doctor's work yeah. for you. Yeah. That's a big thing. Your yeah. doctor's yeah. Work for you. Or some, yeah. Don't be so exactly. humble. Like so yeah. quiet. That's but I, I think yeah. that's been, that's part of our culture. You know, that was yeah. pushed into our heads is just that because doctors are always right. Yeah. They're not right. You know what I mean? And just stuff like that. I think that we forget so often that they are just humans. Yes, they're yeah. highly educated, but they don't know everything, especially when they're not specialists, right? Yeah. How can they? How can they know everything? You know, yeah. that's like like I saw a TikTok one day that a guy was like, I am a health specialist and anti-aging doctor or anti-aging professional. I'm like, what are you? He was a chiropractor. Now I love a chiropractor. This guy has no business talking about GLP ones, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what yeah, that way or yeah. or they're yeah. against it, which is even like yeah. more. And that's one thing yeah. I've been working through some anger. Like doctors have failed me my entire life. And the doctors yeah, have said my fibroids were my abs and just keep working out. Or, you know, yeah. when I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis, like my active life is over. Just use the Mediterranean diet and like move yeah. more, like eat less. And right. And then you, you know, when you learn that that's not what it was, this anger comes up that you really have to yeah. process. Yeah. Um, so this has been my doctor, my care team, my therapist, my habit coach, like the medication has allowed all these things to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will have to have a different uh, conversation around benefits, but I think that we at least can talk about from like our perspective, what we've experienced, but at least for now, I think what I'm starting to realize is that they're, they're going and making obviously these, these choices every year. And I think the smaller the company, I feel like the, oddly enough, I feel like my benefits have been better when I work for smaller tech companies and startups. Mm -hmm. Catherine, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about finding a way to advocate for yourself, which you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And I know that with people making these decisions around benefits, especially with GLP-1s coming, becoming more popular, if you will, I even hate using that, but more popular to treat obesity, right? Anti-obesity mm -hmm. medications, not weight loss and weight management. You know, I think we're at the point where we do have to advocate for ourselves to ensure that we have medicine to cover our disease. Now, I know that that's something that you've gone through, you know, and I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on that if you're willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, my education around insurance and PAs and benefit managers started from the jump. Like I knew nothing and um, I had to get smart about it to learn about that on my end and dig into my insurance. Um, and what I found was that there was a complete obesity shutout that all the type of medications were on, all the obesities were off. And I began to have conversations uh, with various people at my company. I work in tech, um, which they always say that tech is great insurance until you start digging into it. Um, I had a great conversation with our global benefits person who got his team activated. Um, and before that conversation, I actually wrote a letter that went into what is the history of obesity as a chronic illness, um, the history of the medications, basically a white paper. Um, and I also shared what it means to be larger bodied at a company. And like, what is that lived experience? And some of the examples are, you know, the chairs that you have at the office. Until recently, I was overweight capacity. So every time I sat in all hands, I held my breath and I was like, is this the day that Catherine cracks the chair? Or um, in the cafeteria, we had booths. And if you sat in a booth and I wanted to join you for lunch, I would probably keep walking and go to my desk. And 
there just wasn't this holistic thought about who was using the space. And it was, it's just not thought of. We think about ability in different ways. Um, and that was just really a miss. Um, and so I took it as a moment to educate the team around like what my lived experience was and what probably a third of the team was experiencing. Um, and so for us right now is, is kind of the, the moment where we um, work with our insurance companies for next year. And so I had the conversation about a month and a half ago um, and you know they're doing all of the cost analysis. I mean, the question that I had was, did you do that for type two diabetes? Um, and it's constantly advocating to show the implicit and explicit bias in ways that people might not notice um, who are doing the work. Um, so, I mean, it's done, done, done to be continued, I guess, in October when yeah. our plans come out. Yeah. But um, I have a draft letter that I've shared with the community. Anyone can copy That's it. Great. I don't care. Like, take what you yeah. want. Um but I made it about like the history and also like the um, impact on the company when it comes to absenteeism, comorbidities, that yeah. obesity is on a spectrum with type two diabetes. And do we really want our employees to like, to wait until they do have type two? Like that is yeah. my trajectory. That and, and isn't it great for a tech company that does so much of a DNI? You could be a trailblazer. So that's kind of the approach that I took. Um, and I don't know how it's landed. I mean, I guess we'll find out in a couple yeah. months. Yeah. Well, I think it's really good that you did, though. You know, yeah. I um, for it. I think that, yeah, I am too. And I think everybody is going to need to take a stand. But I think what's kind of hard is it's like as as being a person of size, if you will, you know, it's you're you very much want to almost pretend that you're blending in and almost like make yourself smaller you know, in some ways by, by not being maybe your true full self, at least that's right. That's been my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I remember that feeling, the one that you talked about, like when we have all hands and stuff, like I, I wasn't sure of what the weight capacity were of the chairs, but I was pretty sure I was over it. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking the same thing. Is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the day? Mm -hmm. And it's a horrible feeling because yeah. how can you, bring your best self to work where you spend the majority of your life. You know what I mean? If, if you're in a room that you feel like you're going to break the chair, you know, and it's not your fault. Like it's not, it's not like it's, and even if it got, even if it is, let's just pretend like it is still, you know, like you should yeah. treat people better than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I hope that we're at a place where there's going to be more empathy uh, and sympathy for people who struggle with these disorders, you know, yeah. and this disease. You know, and I'm I'm hoping that we're going to start doing that with the podcast. Like that's what we're trying to do: scrappiness and all. Like we're trying to get as loud as we can, and have people one know they're not alone. No, it's not their fault. And two, there like are ways for you to be able to stand up for yourself. So yeah. we'll focus on that a lot today. Um, thank you so much for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that. And I know we also have another special guest I mentioned in the beginning that we thought wasn't going to be, but now she's here, and it's just a great day. <laughs> but. Brittany, I'm going to invite her up to join us. Hey, Brittany. Hello, hello. Tech is oh, definitely not today. I am so, so glad that we were able to connect with you because I really thought that we had lost you. So um, obviously, 
we know that uh, I mentioned that you work in benefits. I also know you're a good friend of Catherine's. So we'd love to hear more about what you do for a living and how it relates to some of the things we're talking about. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. Um, so I actually started in the benefit space in 2005, um, working at a health insurance company. So those people that you're calling on the back of your ID card asking, what are my benefits for this or that? Or why is this claim not paid? I worked in the call center. So the first Ooh. two years of working in an insurance company, like that's where I started. And then eventually I was promoted into the appeals department. So for those of you writing those appeal letters to your health insurance company, and you're like, cover this medication or why aren't you doing this? I was one of the people reviewing them. Oh Spoiler alert. I'm not a doctor. I was just like a normal person, 23 years old, getting this letter. Granted, we have processes that yeah. send the information to medical providers that work for the insurance company, but it's just a normal individual who has no health background that's actually... Yeah navigating that process. And um, so I was in health insurance until 2009. And it was at that moment, I was like, all right, I need to take this knowledge. Like, I don't like telling people your medication's not covered or your problem yeah. not covered. How can I like use the knowledge that I've gathered and I've like absorbed at that point? Like, how can I use it for good? Um, and I found a company like take a chance on me in HR. And so like, that's how I pivoted yes. into HR and um, I've been in charge of benefits at a variety of companies, um, all multi-state, global, anywhere from like 50 employees up to 4,500 employees. So um, that is kind of the career trajectory that gets me here today. That's awesome. Man, you know all the things, Brittany. <laughs> and I try to like, Stories. I keep my pulse on it often because I still have a lot of friends that work at health insurance companies and yeah. like the process for one, they all do the similar process. So I'm always asking yeah. them like, Hey, did you guys change this yet? Or tell me how this happens. Yeah. Uh, so I know well, that's so interesting. I know enough well, to be dangerous. Things. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we're super glad to have you here. Um, I think that, and I kind of mentioned it before, like we're, we're in this game mm -hmm. and we don't know the rules, you know? So I think if we can kind of understand like when people are choosing the benefits plan, let's just start there um, for the next year. How long ahead do they plan for that? Like when did they start making those decisions? I'd love to know like usually who are involved in terms of like a department. Um, yeah. And then um, I'd love to know like, cause those are the who's that we can go to to advocate. Right. Right. Um, and then I'd love to know like, who are the ones that are making the decisions around things like what, what needs to be met for pre-authorization for a medication or if a medication that's like a GLP-1 should even be covered on a plan, and it, whether it's for type 2 or not. Like, I'd love to know the who's and the why's and all those things. So just, you know, tell them what to think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people are planning for a renewal. Um, and honestly, so if your benefits start over in January, um, we start planning in April. We start looking Ooh. at like very early pre-renewal strategy. How are we seeing claims trend already? What are our employees asking us about? Um, what problem areas are we experiencing? And starting the strategy planning in April. Um, oh in June, July timeline is when we start getting the rates from the insurance providers. So right now is the perfect time for your company to be getting this information. Okay. Um, it varies on who to talk to, depending on how big your company is, right? If you're at a small company, a lot of times it's your CFO, 
that actually oh my gosh yeah i work it's, for a small company so yeah we you go to yeah go to it's him. your cfo yep. it may be the ceo <laughs> you may have one hr person um who might do it but you know as the companies get bigger you there are centers of excellences that are created um, within the organization to support those. So the larger companies, you'll probably have total rewards, um, might be a department that you want to seek out, you know, look in your, your employee directory, type in total rewards, see who might pop up, type in benefits, you know, if you don't see any of those keywords, then it's probably going to be your HR generalist. It's probably going to be your HR director. Like those are the people you want to have the conversations with. Um, Benefits are the second largest expense to employers. And so yeah. they really are more focused on immediate dollars um, and not always thinking about the long-term game. It's like short-term dollars that people are really paying attention to. Um, yeah. Right. But that's just kind of the way yeah. the game is played right now. I see a similarity like that with when doctors say that as well, like insurance companies really only look for like at those three years and not mm -hmm. long term. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right. It makes sense. And it, it's, it's different too in that, like the smaller company you have, you more than likely are a fully insured health plan. So what that means is your company is buying, you know, an entree, you don't get to swap out, the different benefits that are covered. You don't get to decide what's excluded or not excluded when you're on a fully insured plan. Like you buy out of the box, the health insurance company identifies what's covered. The health insurance identifies what needs a prior authorization. The health insurance dictates all of that. The company wow. just uses like, this is the plan we need to offer. Um, the larger you get, companies do start moving over to a self-insured model. And that's when it becomes more a la carte for the employer to make the decisions. So the employer to make the decision on, are we going to require a PA for a GLP-1 medication or not? Or are we going to cover weight loss medications or weight loss treatment in general or not? Is yeah. it a contract exclusion? So the type of health plan you have doesn't mean you stop advocating for yourself. It just changes who you need to advocate yourself to. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. God, I didn't even know that. That's fascinating. She's <laughs> talking and whispering too. That's very fascinating. That's awesome. Enthralled. And if cool. I get too insurance, you'd be like, calm down. Normal. Like, no, what does that mean? Like, I don't get it. Where, this is the place where that is mm -hmm. wanted. That's probably needed. very so, welcomed. Yes. 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 So um, in terms of when they get to like the a la carte, do, you, do yeah. smaller companies do that type of thing or do they usually just pick it out of the box? Um, usually pick out of the box and that mainly comes down to cost. Um, so when you are an employer and you move self-insured, that means they're actually paying for the actual cost of your claims, the actual cost of your medications. It's no longer giving the health insurance money just to maybe pay claims on your behalf or not. Like they are assuming the entire risk of the plan. So wow. um, you do that when you're a much larger company because you will have some people who never actually ever go to the doctor. And then you'll have, you know, people in the full spectrum who are seeing the doctor frequently. So you're kind of owning that risk and keeping that cash until you actually need to use it or pay out the claims. The smaller companies, you don't have as much of a risk pool. More than likely, you're probably spending all like 
you don't have that much of a risk pool, it's easier for them to just have the guaranteed, this is how much we're paying per person mm-hmm. per month and not think about it. So it's purely cost and financial and it's better for them to move into the fully insured model and just pick. Yeah. Yeah. Just so interesting. Wow. wow. So interesting. Learning. Yes. Yes. So um, when you're deciding, like when you're, when you're making the decisions and you say like you've chosen to go the a la carte route and yeah. it's not out of the box and you're saying, okay, we're going to cover, we decided we're going to cover weight loss, um, but we're only going to cover these two and these two, you have to meet this criteria, like when it gets like that, or we will, what we will cover off label, like do, does, does the HR benefits people, do they really get into that? Like, like if, if they're at the a la carte level, like, okay, you know, if I'm going to be asking about, you know, someone that has, let's just use like, I think all our audience probably knows, let's say Victoza, mm-hmm. an older GLP one, they have a weight loss version called Sexenda and they're, but they are the exact same medication that have just been branded differently. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure about the cost, how much they are. I imagine they're similar-ish. In price. I don't know it's older. So, um, but like, for example, that, and they'll say, yeah, we'll cover that one. Cause it's not as expensive as the others, but you have to have this type of BMI and you have to this and you have to that, or no, you can take it off label. It's fine. You know, like how, who's making that choice? Like, yeah. is it the same uh, people that we were talking about? Um, more than likely it's not more than likely the HR person at your job is being presented a here's our recommendation. And the here's oh. our recommendation is coming from the insurance brokers. So you might you might be utilizing a third party broker to help you negotiate your coverage mm-hmm. and all of those things and like being the conduit between the health insurance company. And it's probably the, you know, the PBM that's pharmacy benefit managers, like here's our recommendation. Mm-hmm. So it's not like random Brittany, mm-hmm. you're going through the list. Now, I am a unique breed because I worked at a health insurance company and I do yeah. dig a lot deeper than most people would on on what we offer. Um, but most people that work in HR and in benefits don't have that unique perspective of working on the inside. Um, yeah. So more often than not, they're just taking the recommendations from the PBM, taking the recommendations from the broker. Um, yeah. I would say like... Health insurance companies are slow. PBMs are slow to update anything when it comes to what's covered, what's not covered. I would say like since the FDA recently has approved these medications um, for obesity and like weight loss, I would say you'll probably start seeing them added over time in the space. They don't, they don't want to make decisions. They, as in health insurance companies and PBMs, mm-hmm. they don't want to make decisions that the FDA doesn't endorse. So they always let the yeah. FDA speak uh, first. Okay. And then uh. slowly will pick up on it. They don't, they, hmm. they just won't. So my expertise, I don't know, my my gut yeah. is we'll see them begun, begin added over time within the next okay. year as me. Yes. Not soon enough if you ask me, but um, yeah, I imagine they'll be added. Well, that's interestingly speaking of FDA. um, So, you know, speaking of GLP-1 medications, they've been around for a little bit, uh, for a good, good bit. Um, And they've become more and more desirable to treat obesity off label. How have you had to adjust to this new environment of GLP-1 medications and coverage? So I will say I'm a unicorn in that um, we have... A, I'm also on GLP-1 myself, so I kind of have a, a little Yay. selfish 
self-interest. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, You're in the club. You're, you're to help I'm That's in the club. Great. But um, our coverage actually had, I recently joined a new organization in February this year. Um, and our plans actually had it covered. So we didn't have any wow. exclusions. We have um, our PBM actually covers Manjaro and Wagovi with no PA or step therapy. Um, Ozempic, you need it though. It's funny. Um, but in general, I'm lucky in that I haven't had to actually make any changes to what we offer our team now. Um, but you best believe I will be on top of every change every quarter um, when the formulary changes and when the insurance company may make mm-hmm. changes to their step, requir- step therapy requirements um, and at renewal. So I haven't had to, but it's top of mind for myself and others, but definitely myself. So what happens when they're, you mentioned every quarter, like the formulary yeah. piece. So What's going every on there? insurance company yeah. um, refreshes their formulary on a quarterly basis. So okay. call your insurance company or your PBM, ask them, when does the formulary refresh? If you're on the website and you're looking at your drug list, you'll probably see like the trend, like refresh July 1st. And then you'll probably see like refresh March 1st. So Mm -hmm. go to your PBM's website, look at the drug list and you'll be able to see the dates, but everybody refreshes quarterly. Mm -hmm. Um, If your PBM didn't have a prior authorization required in March, you may now. So check into it or they have earlier in the year and you don't anymore. So keep that in mind. Um, because that is all mandated and changed by the PBM, but formularies change every quarter. Wow, that's good. So, no, that's, yeah, God. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of like, okay, now you've had a PA approved, or, or, well, I mean, like we're seeing some stuff with that where people are getting like um, their PAs, you know, audited and then revoked for certain medications. Is is the drive of that the normal quarterly thing? Or is that because they feel like they're just, I mean, I don't know, is the cost, they're not making enough money or something. Like I'm trying to understand why this would just all of a sudden become a thing unless it's just the demand has gotten really high and they're expensive. That's what I think I can figure. So I think it could be one of two things. Um, I, it wouldn't be a quarterly formulary refresh. Like I wouldn't imagine like that. More than likely it was 23-year-old kid working in the appeals department who may have approved an appeal or excuse me, approved because even the PA team like has young kids just sending documentation out, maybe accidentally approving it, gets caught in an audit and reversed. Or just because you have a prior authorization doesn't mean it's not a, a benefit exclusion on your health plan. So step one, go to your summary plan description, see if there's a plan exclusion. Your prior authorization does not supersede a benefit exclusion. So see if you have a benefit exclusion. If you do, that just changes where you advocate to yourself. PA is not going to help you. Prior authorization is not going to help you. Step therapy is not going to help you. Like that is completely full stop, not covered. Um, So it could also have been it was approved without somebody identifying and noticing that it was a plan exclusion. Um, yeah. so I would say completely human error. For wow. Wow. Gosh. That it's crazy when like, we see all this stuff. Like yeah, on social media. It know? makes you think of like, is that like, could that like worst case scenario, I've heard of horror stories where like, say the pharmacy is coming after people after the insurance doesn't, they decide they're not going to pay for it. So we're going to go after 
the patient like the and say, balance. hey, you owe us. Yeah, that's, I mean, I Is think. Is that a possible, like, worst, worst case scenario? Oh, obviously, totally it did possible happen. worst case scenario. And also, like, if you read the benefit exclusion in your plan document, usually the plan exclusions are, like, the last pages. You'll probably have, like, 120-plus bullet points. Um, yeah. And it's all up into interpretation, right? Like, it might say um, benefits for weight loss treatment and what one person identifies that treatment, like does treatment mean you're going for surgery or does treatment mean you're accessing medication? Like what does treatment mean? Like that's up for treatment. And I would say like, that is a great moment to write an appeal. Um, So Mm -hmm. like there are definitely words that are up for determination of people that are processing prior authorizations, processing appeals. Um, So I think that Mm -hmm. probably is part of that trend too. So in terms of like when a company has decided to have a plan exclusion for whatever reason, because they bought, they're doing a la carte and they've decided, or yeah. they've bought the one out of the box and they're just like, and it's an exclusion is too expensive. We want it to be cheaper. We don't have to deal with that. So I'm, I'm curious when that decision has been made and you've started a new company, you've realized you have the disease of obesity, you've realized there are FDA approved medication medications to treat it. You've realized it's not your fault. And then you go and your doctor says, here's medicine and you can't fill it because of this exclusion. Are you screwed for a whole year or do, do, do HR benefits departments have an opportunity if you do advocate with them to do some sort of intermittent exclusion? Do you know what I mean? Or intermittent approval, like where they'll say, sure, we're going to let you take it off label for because maybe it's less expensive off label. For example, is it the Wagovi? We'll let you take it off label and it's special just for you. Like, is that even an option or is it locked in? So um, it depends on the HR department and the company. Um, but I will say when you are a self-insured plan, when they are doing it all la carte, go through every step of the appeals process because through your insurance company and the PBM, the final decision maker of that appeals, if you go up the steps, goes back to your employer and your employer uh-uh. can make the call, right? So if it's okay. something that your employer doesn't want to necessarily expand wide scale because they're not sure of the cost impact, go up that appeals chain because it will come back to your employer as making a determination. That is only for self-insured plans, not fully insured Mm -hmm. plans, but that is my recommendation. So self-insured plans mean your employer will approve it. I'm also caveating, but it's an option. But we have to know the who's. So the fact that we know like in these stages where things go, you know, with all of these just like it's just like a spider web and they just try to just make us quit as much as possible, you know, but like, this is the, not the thing that you quit on. This is not the thing you quit on. So I think I do always say exhaust the appeals, but I didn't even realize that eventually that one. And what about when something goes peer to peer in the appeal? Like that's between a doctor and a doctor. Who's that doctor on the insurance company? Doctor and doctor. Um, So it's doctors employed by the insurance company. Um, So the first doctor in a medical review appeal is in a doctor that's employed by the insurance company. The peer will be a contracted doctor, not on the actual payroll of the insurance company, but okay. we're still getting paid to review the documentation. Yeah. Um, so I still think they try to match the doctors and the peer doctors with like the same similar specialty, but usually their general practice, not necessarily. Yeah. Like, specialists or specialists Mm -hmm. so i think that you know in general is not great Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah the way it is okay 
Yeah. And then they're able to make that call based on what the doctor, your doctor, for example, as the patient Submitted. is telling them the, the medical justification for you needing mm-hmm. Yeah. And I outside would say like, have your doc, like have your doctors in your appeal, send everything, every say, like inundate them with documentation um, because it could go to appeal medical review. They may ask for additional documentation, but don't, don't make them ask for that. It's just going to delay the yeah. appeals process. They okay. may not know that you even have additional documentation that should be reviewed and taken into consideration. So like yeah. overwhelm yeah. them with information. So something um, Catherine and I, we've become good friends. Um, we are both very passionate about is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And um, both of us very much so. And for, for many reasons, but I don't think there's a lot of people talking about how I think being able to have your, the disease, recognized disease of obesity as recognized medications to treat it. Why isn't that included in your efforts around diversity, equity, inclusion? Like, how are you not able to harness that? I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Like, in benefits, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very youing you right now, but I don't mean you. You're good. Um, yeah. Like in general, like why, why isn't this a part of it? Cause mm-hmm. I feel like part of that conversation. If you are going to treat someone who has a chronic medical disease like type 2 diabetes, why would you not also treat another person who has a chronic medical di- disease of obesity, you know? And I feel like there's got to be a way to harness that because if 40% of America, 40% you know mm-hmm. struggle with obesity, yeah. not to mention the additional piece that maybe they're not obese yet, but they have all these other things, you know? Right. And we know a lot more about like things that cause obesity and where you could be in a year, where you could be in 5 years. Like, I feel like that would be an opportunity for a company to go, like, we accept everyone who they are, even if people of size, and we are here to support you in your health needs. And that would be almost an opportunity for a company to say, like, look, you want to come work here. You know, this is what makes us different. This is what makes us special. And to Catherine's point, pave the way, right? Be the trailblazers, you know? And I, I don't think enough people are talking about it. And honestly, the people that I have reached out to that are in that space have primarily told me that they're very much focused on race. And that that is because such a big problem and we know it. Right. And so it's very hard for them to shift to something that's very forward thinking, forward looking, which concerns me because that's kind of what they need to do. But, (laughs) but it seems like they're only focused on race right now, but it's so bad, right? Like, but it's so bad. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing. And it could bleed into everything as well. Mm -hmm. You know, with, yeah, with the obesity inclusion, not to mention obesity. And if we are going to go race, that is, is, is very prevalent in the black mm-hmm. community. Like it is for sure something that African-Americans mm-hmm. deal with, you know, and if, if this is huge and not to mention, you know, 80 to 90% of those people who are obese have type two diabetes, you know? Right. So I think that this is something that needs to be pushed forward. This conversation needs to be had even when it's really uncomfortable. So I'm wondering when it comes time to have that conversation with, you know, your benefits mm-hmm. team, if leveraging that initiative and making them put their money where their mouth is, because if they're over here going, do you know, but they're not doing that. I feel like that's something that that's a point. That's a bullet point. That's something that's important. Like if someone came to you with said argument <laughs> that yeah. we're bringing to you, like, how do you think that you would handle? I mean, we know you're different because you take these medications, and <laughs> but like, how would you, <laughs> but like, how would you like take that? Or how do you think people around you that we work with would, would take that? I think a lot would be taken aback. Um, and, and, I think a lot of people that are working in the DEI space, I can't believe I'm putting this out there. I think a lot of them are performative. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think bringing this to them with the argument that you just made and tell them, like, show me, show, show me, me you actually 
believe in, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging like this, it it absolutely should be considered. And everything that uh, HR benefits people team touches needs to have DEI embedded into it. Like decisions should be made without that at its core. Yeah. And the numbers, I mean, the numbers don't lie. Like the data is all there to back all that up. All they have to do is just go, you know what? Yeah. And like, I get it. It comes down to brass tacks. Like I'm not, I get it. But at the same time, you can't say that you're this organization that cares about that inclusivity and you're not having an inclusive benefit plan. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think that we need to talk about it more. I get, Catherine knows, I get very passionate. I I get so frustrated when, um, you know, throughout the year, insurance companies would be like, oh, you need a wellness initiative. And, and I like to, I like to uh, indulge them because I'm like, oh yeah, tell me, tell me what you think the wellness initiative is. And it's always like, you can do like a nutrition um, webinar or let me give you step counter. And I'm always like, nope, that's not the initiative that I'm doing. Have a good day. Yeah. Like that's, that's been the recommendation since the nineties. I like, call yeah. that so patronizing. Yeah. yeah patronizing. Just, so ridiculous. And it's still the recommendation. Like I, the wellness um, person at our insurance company has been hounding me for weeks, wanting to get me on a call. And I'm like, yeah. no, like I'm, I'm not having this discussion with you. So have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And like, nothing. Right. <laughs> wasting my time. Oh. And you know, I, I've worked for companies, Kat and I both worked for a company that had wellness benefit. And it basically, it was like reimbursement for a gym. 300 bucks, right? It was like $300 yeah, was a like, year. Was, I feel like it was good. I for like a gym was, membership? Yeah. Or you could buy a Fitbit, you know, or you could do, yeah, yeah gym membership, or you could like get reimbursed for a, a Wii Fit. Like this it was is, stuff yeah. like that. It was actually kind of right. cool if you think about it. Like, Wii Fit. Fit. Wii Fit. Wii Fit. This is back you know? during P90X. So you could buy like those, mm. those oh, beach body man. fitness programs. Remember? Oh, I would, Billy yeah. Blinks. You just gave me a flashback to the oh, Billy wow. TV yes. I used to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like so, they did that. They offered us like we could go spend the money, our own money. And we were broke. Like we didn't make any money there. Sorry. We just didn't. They had amazing benefits, but was everything else the was good. Yes. We were young. It's fine. Um, everything's fine, <laughs> but it was hard there because of that, but we would have to go spend our money and then get reimbursed. And so like we all did it. Cause we were like, well, yeah, we need something, you yeah. know? Um, but I mean, I certainly don't think people offering, and I remember Catherine having something, uh, mentioning something specifically about, like someone saying it might've been you that was talking about the weight loss plan, how they offered like Weight Watchers membership. We have Weight Watchers, we have a whole wellness program, oh, Weight yeah. Watchers, weight consultants, um, discounts for BOSU balls and all the things, except for yeah. what you really need. Like I don't need except another BOSU really ball. Need. And like, if you add all that shit up and you have say, I don't know, say you're a small company, you have a hundred people, like, are we, are we getting to an okay place where we can like justify this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if people just look at it, like, let's look at what it is we are doing and do we need to be doing that? You know, do we need to have trips? You know what I mean? Do we need to have all of these different things if we can take that money and make our, you know, employees well, (laughs) like I, and I don't, I don't think that they're thinking that. And it's not like the money doesn't there. I just think that's a lie. Like it's just, it's there. It's just a matter of what you're willing to give up. 
And I've worked in various tech spaces where we have four kombuchas and we have an in-house gym and we have a $6.5 million culinary program with, you know, plated meals. And, Uh and I just feel like what, and I wonder what the real cost is. Like, what is the real cost of added medications? Cause it's made to seem that it's astronomical. And I, is that a story that we're being told or is is that reality that actually adding medications yeah. is very expensive because yeah. we're not told it's very much like this black hole, right? Yes. All of it is. Oh, yeah. It's such mm-hmm. like, like gray area, black hole. Like it's not even, it hasn't even been like really not a lot of navigation to it at all. Really yet. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. And I think a lot of times, like what you're saying, it's very status quo. Like they've always done it this mm-hmm. way. So that's how we're going to do it because yeah. um, I have other things to do. I got this meeting to go to, you know, to check it off, yeah. off my to-do list. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Ivan checked in February. Manjaro just appeared on our formulary. Yeah. One day it wasn't there. One day it was. And so that's what happened like, to me today. It was weird. <laughs> if it's yeah. so easy for one, it feels intentional that the other isn't. Well, and here's the thing too, the cost, right, of having a type two diabetes medication and having an obesity medication are very, very close in price. Like, you know, even, I mean, especially if you take it off label, which we Mm -hmm. know when like for Ozempicogobi, right, semaglutide, it was approved for the indication. They're the ones that decided to rebrand it so they could extend their patent so they could make even more money and they could charge more for it. You know, exactly. like that they're the, the, when I say right. there, I have to be careful about that. The manufacturer is the one that yep. made those choices. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're talking about what's FDA approved, technically, technically Ozempic is FDA approved, <laughs> right? Because it was approved for the indication. So, and that's the thing is like, if, if insurance companies mm-hmm. would just go, yeah, then they pay eight or $900 a month for medication instead of paying $1,500 a month for Wagovi because you have a few extra pens and kill the environment while you're at it. Like, it just seems absolutely asinine to do that. Like it is yeah. approved. It is, they have proven that that's okay. That's all just marketing hoopla, right? Don't, if you don't want to pay more for it, then pay for it off label when people take it. It's approved. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't stand that, that like, not the knowledge of something so important doesn't seem to either be present or seems to be ignored in these benefits or HR departments or just companies in general. Like mm-hmm. and I, I have a hot button for ignorance. Like I just don't like yeah. when people don't like learn. I'm fine. If you don't know, it is yeah. okay. It is okay to not know the answer. It is not okay not to learn it and seek it and then help others. It's just not. Yeah. So the whole thing just pisses me off. And I just want to, but I make sure that like, I'm very blessed that my company does like yours cover these medications. They do cover them mm-hmm. um, off-label. They cover them. Um, the ones that are for obesity specific that are more expensive, you have to do a PA, um, but you can take them off-label without a, a PA. And and it's fine because we know like these medications we've learned, especially even through this podcast, right? It treats a biological dysfunction. It's mm-hmm. the same spectrum or the, you know that type mm-hmm. two sits on. That's why they work, right? Mm-hmm. And we know this now. And I just want to get to a place where when, when it's time, and I think it's great to have these letters. It really is. But I think having these videos where people that have, you know, backgrounds and these specialties can say, Hey, yeah, like what you just said a few minutes ago, right? If you go and you do the appeal, eventually it comes back to your company, you know, and if that happens enough times, then we start to have pressure, right? We start to have force because nobody's going to look out for us. us. And it's sad that that's the way that it is, but that's why community is strong and powerful. 
you know, I think it's important to, you know, if you are working with your doctor to write an appeal letter, go on to the Google, type in your insurance company name and type in medical policy for X. And you'll be able to get like the actual medical policy as written by your insurance company. And you'll be able to see what reasons or why they'll approve the Mm -hmm. medication, what documentation you may need and structure your appeal around that. Like Mm -hmm. get that medical policy. Um, And it's public for everybody. It's you'll be able to find every insurance company's medical policy. Yeah. All right. That's well, fascinating. I didn't know it was all public. That's cool yeah. It's know. it's and it may Touch your fingertips. <laughs> well, now they're probably going to hide it. But if they do hide it, your provider should have access to the provider portal and be able to look up the medical policy. But oh, really? I didn't know that either. So your provider, see, nobody tells us this shit. So your provider has access to a portal where they can see what's covered or not, and that's how they make a decision if they're going to prescribe it. As long as you are seeing if an in-network provider. So if you're seeing an in-network provider, provider, they know exactly, they should know exactly how to structure your appeal letter. They have access to Mm -hmm. medical policy. Like make sure that those, it's great to get letters from your peers on the internet about appeals, but make sure you're structuring it in a way that's actually Mm going to hit home. They have all that information. They sure do. O-M-G. Yeah, they do. I'm just learning. I'm getting I'm learning. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get my crap lost. <laughs> You're oh, funny. When we did our, right. I know I think you had a question lines across the board. Like we did the appeal letter and then we looked at that at sequence and we redlined. We're like, we're not using that word. We're not using that word. And we just scrubbed the letter so that it yeah. fell within the bounds of the law and the bounds yeah. of the policy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, right. I do yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah, um, Kat, I think you had a question. I feel like I got the question. Yeah. This is this has been a very Toolbox. interesting. They always very fascinating um, a chat here. Um, I just saw a TikTok user today said they got a call from our fen- pharmacy benefits manager. I was she said it was kind of like a, an interview questions where they're asking, like, mm-hmm. did she need a, a prior authorization? Who um, prescribed mm-hmm. it and things like that. Um, do you see that happening more and more with pharmacy benefits managers or could this just been like maybe a one-off or maybe it's a smaller company? Like what do you think possibly could, and this is just speculating here, right? Uh, what could yeah. have possibly sparked that call? Um, that Now I need cast? to find the TikTok because I really want to we'll watch it. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to watch it. I think maybe a few things it could have been or one thing. Um, I'm guessing potent like if the person had submitted an appeal or a step therapy or any of that, it's possible that some of the documentation that the provider submitted like um, contradicted each other. So they were calling oh. the individual just to like ask questions to figure out like what's true or not. Um, I see that as being a possibility if they weren't submitting like a PA or step therapy or anything like that. I have no idea. Um, yeah. It, seems it could just be something small like you said like it could just be a clerical yeah it could just be a clerical mistake it could be any of that stuff um i know there's also a lot of health and it would be interesting to know if it was like actually pharmacy benefit manager or if it was 
um, a lot of times these insurance companies have these like disease management departments where if they like see claims coming through for like diabetes or if they see medications coming through for um, chronic illnesses, they'll have somebody from this like disease management department reach out to you, check in, see how are things are going. How can I help support you? So it maybe could have been that person too. And it was thought to be a pharmacy benefit manager. I honestly no idea, no idea, but I really yeah. TikTok now. So please send it. Oh my God. We'll, I'll, go <laughs> I'll go ask that question. <laughs> we'll send it to you. Yes. And then of course, what's going to happen is within our community it was, a, it was a community full of people that have been traumatized for a mm-hmm. very, very long time. There is a, a lot of trauma within this community. Someone's going to see that. And now everybody's going to think, oh God, now they're going to be calling my telehealth doctor mm-hmm. and asking him all these questions. Yeah. My PA is at risk and I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get that. And it's like- not, I really don't think there's any, I don't think that I'm, I'm sure there are a few outliers, but I feel like the majority of the people in our community are just incredibly traumatized and sick of being sick. And mm-hmm. I think that when the coupon goes away from Manjaro, right at the end of the month, mm-hmm. um, for so many the food noise is going to come back and they are not going to be their best selves. And I am terrified for that because I know a lot of people, and we've already seen it, are starting to take compounds and they're getting them from things like individuals, mm-hmm. not from directly from a compound pharmacy, or they're getting it and reconstituting it, like putting it in their, mm-hmm. like at home, you know, um, or things like that, right? Very, what even doctors that are pro compounds have told us are very unsafe practices. And they're being forced and pushed to this. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to the fact that I can't understand why we have a recognized medical disease, a recognized FDA treatments for it, and why people are being pushed to make these choices. Because here's what's going to happen. <laughs> these people are going to get sick. Yeah. They're going to be injured. Someone Something is, is going to yeah. happen because they don't, someone will. And the insurance companies, are, in my opinion, and this, yeah, it's my, it's my, show, it's my opinion, <laughs> but they're yeah. definitely going to get in a situation where they're going to have to foot the bill for that person that got sick. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that person only got sick because they were trying to stay, keep, keep well, because they finally got well, you know? Yeah. And like we talked about it with, with Rosie and uh, you know, I said to her, I was kind of explaining this sort of conundrum that I'm mentioning to you. And she was, and I was like, but they can't go back. They can't be in the yeah. state of health that we're um, in now and not be in the state of misery of what we were before and yeah. think we're just going to go back there. You know, and so they're willing to take all of these risks and do these things to be able to afford the medication that's fixed. But it doesn't have to do with the weight. It has to do with the health. And she said, I am no different. I would be the same way, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's what yeah. people are missing. It's not that, you know, anybody's trying to, you know, get a hit off of something, you know what I mean? Or anything like that, or, oh God, I need my phenamine. It's not like that. It's fixing mm-hmm. something that's wrong with your body. And I I'm trying, you know, through this podcast, because I don't, I have no money or no power. This is just, I'm just trying to talk a lot. And, you know, like I'm, I'm feeling like eventually people are going to start being like, like, mm-hmm. see, I thought I was trying to make a, con- a, con- or a TikTok about it one time. I feel like what's happening is it's like, you hear a song on a radio and it's supposed yeah. to be a hit. And eventually it ends up being one. And you don't really like it at first, but they play it so much before, you know, it you're becomes a hit. Mm-hmm. So this is my song. This is our song, our community song. We're just going to keep on saying it, you know, this is and something I Huh? This is a summer hit. hit. Plus hit. sides. <laughs> Get your water in my link tree. Yes. So uh, that is, and and I, I know that you have a, a good experience, it sounds like, with Manjaro. Um, and I, I, I apologize for all of like the, we've had a very like 
spotty episode today with technical difficulties. And so I, I know there have been times where I get very passionate. So I appreciate you like listening and giving me some grace on that. Um, but I would love to know a little bit before we go, because I know we're getting close to time and I appreciate your time. Um, but how have things gone for you on Manjaro? Have you like, has it changed your life as much as it is so many of others? Are you talking to me or Catherine? I, I'm talking to you. Okay. I, I was like, wait, I super love that I'm on this with Catherine because I, October 15th, I looked in our text message and I sent her a message. I was like, hey, tell me more about Manjaro. Like, I want to hear real life referrals or references. You must have posted something on Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually very early in Catherine's journey that I decided to start as well. Um, so my first shot was November 6th and I've lost officially 47 pounds in that oh timeline God. now. Um, yeah. and I just feel like it's, I'm never tired anymore. Like I thought life was just being exhausted. Like I just thought that's what, yeah. it was, right. Um, I ate my emotions. I could be happy. I was like, I'm going to reward myself with that. I could be stressed. I was like, ah, Chipotle. Like my boyfriend got to a point. He's like, oh, you're eating Chipotle. You must be stressed. Like I always ate my feelings. Doesn't matter what it is, but I have to eat food. You can all relate. (laughs) Um, And I don't do that. Absolutely. Right. So like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm happy. And I am not going to like grab a brownie. Like it just isn't instinct. It's just not instinctual. It's just not a thing. Um, yeah. Or bring out a trainer again. Like I actually have energy to work out. Um, and I love lifting weights. I've always loved lifting weights, but I just never had the energy to do it. Yeah. Um, what, like 2019, I was at my heaviest. I was at 249 pounds, lost 70 pounds in the whole like measure everything, weigh everything, chicken, rice, vegetables, every meal. Yeah. And it was a lot and it was so draining. And like one day I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to live my life. And I exhausting. gained it all back and, you know, started this journey again with Manjaro and, um, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. Thank I you. love hearing like the stories that, you know, of people like saying things just like that, like now I can enjoy my life. Now I am free. Mm-hmm. Now I can you know, make my choice. Now I can enjoy exercise, all of these different things. And that's what's so ma- ma- magic about it. Because it's like, everybody says, it's not, it's not this magic pill, mm-hmm. but it kind of is. I mean, it's, it, it does something to you and, and to your body so that it works mm-hmm. right. So that the potential of you, like the you that you are actually underneath all that can like be, yeah. you know, I can actually play by the rules. Yeah. yeah. But I had someone um, was I had someone come in my live one time, Catherine, and they were like, Is it fair that we are doing a weight loss challenge at work, which isn't a problem in and of itself? Mm-hmm. And and that we are doing mm-hmm. um, so that triggering we are at work and that this person gets to take Ozempic and I don't. And I my answer immediately was yes, for mm-hmm. what you just said. It levels the playing field. They can't lose what you can lose because their body doesn't work like that. That's but not even, you know what I mean? But even no. beyond that, like, what kind of world do you want to be in? We're like, I want you to suffer. Yeah. I, I need you to suffer or you don't want it. Like, that feels so sick and twisted and, like, yeah. sadistic. Yes. But that's like our system. 
That's like our society. If you think about it, like, yeah, it's just a hot, hot push, hot button item here. But like, we live in a hot mess. Yeah. (laughs) If you think about welfare or, you know, this person gets this, so that's not fair, but like, why do you want that person to suffer? It's kind of like, like the food stamp situation. Well, someone's already counting your money saying, oh, this person is driving this car, but they're using, they pulled out their EBT card. The first of all, number one, it's none of your business. Yeah, none of your business. But two, I mean, it's just, just how society, like, that's how we are, I think, here, in, like, in the States. Like, yeah. worried about what somebody else has, you know? Yeah, or doesn't. Yeah. Or doesn't. We also need a vocabulary lesson between equality and equity. Like, yeah. this medication is equity for people who don't yes. have the same field. Yes. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to suffer. Whatever it is, like I want people generally to suffer less, no matter what yeah. it is. And if you want someone to suffer more, like shame on you. Shame yeah, on you. Mm-hmm. it's a reflection of like how you feel about yourself. Are you that mm-hmm. up, like miserable with life that you want someone else to be just as miserable? Yeah, I yeah. can't stand it. And I and I hate to say this because I do think that because of the medication going away, and because of so many of our friends that we've made in this community have been able to experience this and it's going to be taken from them. You know, we're going to see it. That's the part of humanity. I don't like, but we're mm-hmm. going to see it. People aren't going to be the best selves and they're going to have env- envy and jealousy of others. And I would too. Mm-hmm. I would too, you know, and I would hope that in that moment I would be my best selves, but in this, in this situation, I don't think I would. Yeah. And I worry about that. You know, mm-hmm. so I hope that there are more things coming around. Like in July, I hope there are people that had like that amazing thing I had today because I'm at the end. So I'm at the last dose of Wagovi. I still have a lot of weight to lose. And at the end of the day, it's not, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna get me there. You know, I, I can keep doing the things I'm doing, but at the end of the day, my body's only gonna do what it's gonna do. And mm-hmm. with Majaro, there are many, many doses, you know, so I have further that I can go for a longer period of time. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously it's very limited with Wagobi and I've been at it a year now and I, I think I've probably got at least another year. So I go and I check my formulary today and there's Manjaro and I can take it with just like my other ones without a PA, you know, and all of that. When before, if I wanted to do it, it would be step therapy and all the things. And I was doing the step therapy. I was following stupid ass rules. Mm-hmm. But regardless, like, I'm glad that it actually came around. And I am just praying that we see that like for other people in our community, because to say that my heart is pulled and will, cause I know this is coming. I don't think it's possible for it not to happen at this stage. So I'm just hoping that there are some changes coming around and I'm hoping that, you know, that approval comes through and we see a lot of changes and great coupons. And I hope that there are war of the coupons. Like Alex suggested, we're like, Gobi's <laughs> like, we have the best coupon. We're just like, we have the best coupon. Yeah. And I just, I, I pray that that is the first time that I will see just delicious capitalism pay out in a great way. But, you know, like <laughs> I'm really hoping that I can see it just, yeah. you know, yeah. but I, I, I am a bit of an optimist. Um, but lately it's been harder when I see people losing their medicine and I see people so sad and so sick that I once saw so well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're here to talk about. So thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be a little bit Pollyanna and think that, you know, yeah, that maybe there's, there could be some things that are coming Cause you know, there was that shortage in December, January, right? Because yeah. that's what I, I didn't have my Manjaro yeah. for two months. Yeah. 
Your Manjaro. Manjaro. Yeah. Uh, my Midwestern <laughs> accent. Oh, the Manjaro. Um, don't you know? Um, <laughs> I'm Midwest too. So, but that happened. People were like, it was kind of nutty back then too. So, um, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it would be, uh, I think it would be like suicide in a little way for, in yeah. a way for Eli Lilly to just say, uh, tough titty kitty, <laughs> done, yeah. you know? So yeah. let's, see. let's see what they have, you know, let's yeah. see, let's see what they, see what, see they what come happens. Up with. Yeah. 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 Keep, keep and hope and we know things like we've had conversations with people who work certain places and certain people in our group have mm-hmm. certain connections, certain places, and we may yeah. know something's going to happen, but we also don't really. <laughs> You know, know, I think we just kind of hope for the best, but it does, it doesn't make sense to me. Like when I think just straight business, like playbook, you know, marketing, go to market, none of this makes sense to me without them coming to market with something quick. But I also didn't know that they will get fined if they are promoting a weight loss version anyway, before they have an indication and apparently millions of dollars. I didn't know that either. Yeah. We learned it through the podcast. Ah, yeah, no, I got it's amazing yeah. when you get in a room and you have hard conversations, what can come out of it. Like it's not yeah. always sparkling yeah. and cheery, but it's good stuff. It's good content, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So I, I think um, I'm thinking that, I mean, we're talking, I think we're months away. And every time I do, every time I ever try to do a TikTok, I try to give people as much hope as I can because I feel like it's the first time we ever had hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, especially if you've struggled with a disease of obesity for a really long time. Yeah, that was not a thing. The audacity of hope, you know, like it just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a thing. And now we have it mm-hmm. and I just don't want to lose it because it's very easy to, when you've gone through the things that many of us have gone through for so long. I, I get the desperation. I, I, desperation. In this yes, moment, for many people, it's palpable yes. and I, I get it because I couldn't yeah. imagine life couldn't imagine. October last year. I never want to live like that ever again. Yeah, me either. And I, I, so I think we just try to do what we can. Let's just try to, you know, move forward. Let's educate so much. So many things can come through having mm-hmm. our conversations and yeah. education. So that's what we're going to try to do here, yeah. you know? So um, hopefully we were able to reach some people tonight and give them some tools, you know, for them to advocate for themselves, you know, and then they'll know that all four of us have been through it. They're not alone. Yeah. Not their we fault. all matter. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We all matter. The collective. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Awesome. Well, you're a doll. Thank you so much thank for joining you. us and thank helping you guys. our community. Really appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck on your journey as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Bye Brittany. And thank you so much, Catherine, for Thanks, coming Catherine. and sharing your story. Thank Bye. you so much.